0: The LA Kings had a tough time in Toronto and could not cool off the red-hot Maple Leafs. We'll break down the loss to the Leafs, discuss a very interesting night for Sean Dursey, and I'll tell you about a moment in the game that might have hurt the Kings' chances to win but actually could be a good thing in the long run. That's next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 976 subscribers. It looks like we are definitely going to hit that goal of 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Really appreciate your support. Of the YouTube channel and of the podcast as well. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years. For the past 20 plus years, I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 plus years. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you cover this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Kings were in Toronto last night to take on one of the hottest teams in the NHL with one of the hottest players in the NHL right now. And that would be the Toronto Maple Leafs and their talented forward, Mitch Marner. Uh, we knew this game was going to be a tough game, and it was. Uh, as for the Kings lineup against the Maple Leafs, we had Andre Kopitar centering the top line with Arthur Kaliev on his right wing, Kevin Viala on the left wing, Philip Deneau playing in his 500th career NHL game centered the second line with Trevor Moore on the left side. Victor Arvidsson on the right side. You had Adrian Kempe centering the third line. Gabe Velarde on the right side. Alex Ayafalo on the left side. And then Blake Lazat on the fourth line at center. Carl Grunstrom on the right. Jarrett Anderson-Dolan on the left. Your defensive pairings. Drew Doughty on his 33rd birthday taking the ice with Mikey Anderson. You had Matt Roy teamed up with Sean Dursey. More on him in a bit. And Sean Walker with Alex Edler. Jonathan Quick back in net after a game off against the Senators. Scratches were Tobias Bjornfoot and Samuel Fugimo and Brendan Lemieux still on injured reserve. Second game in a row, we've seen this lineup with Arthur Kaliev on the top line and Adrian Kempe centering the third line. Now, the Kings' first game of the six-game road trip against the Senators, they got off to a great start, scored four goals in the first period and cruised to a 5-2 win. Things would be much different uh, against the Maple Leafs. Toronto dominated the opening period the Kings didn't have any offensive zone time to speak of while Toronto had plenty of time to get scoring chances in the LA end the Kings didn't get a shot on goal for the first four minutes and 30 seconds of the game LA was outshot in the opening period 14 to four before getting a late power play and adding a couple of extra shots the shot total for the first period ended up being in favor of the Leafs 15 to seven but it seems more lopsided than that when you watch the game at least to me Uh, In the first period, the Kings had the puck in the Toronto end, skating 5-on-5, a total of 46 seconds. Uh, The Kings did battle hard to their credit in that opening period, although it felt like someone battling hard against the Grizzly Bear. Uh, Yes, the Kings were surviving, but for how long? Uh, The Kings' much maligned penalty kill was able to kill off two penalties for Toronto, um, but uh, the, the, the Maple Leafs were dominating, even though the score after the opening period was In the second period, Toronto's Zach Austin Reese put a borderline high hit on Kings forward Arthur Kaliev. No penalty was called on the play. The Kings' Matt Roy and Blake Lazat went after Austin Reese to stick up for their teammate. Lazat ended up dropping the gloves with Austin Reese, and and he also got called for a slashing penalty, so that gave Toronto... Another power play opportunity, and this time they would capitalize to take a one nothing lead. And it seemed to open the floodgates a bit for Toronto as they scored three goals on three shots and ended up taking a 4 nothing lead after the second period. Uh, Maple Leafs scored on, again, three straight shots in a span of a minute and six seconds. And honestly, I felt like, well, this, this one's over. Um, I do want to get more into that. Zach Austin Reese hit and the response by the Kings in a moment uh, in the third period the Kings did get a pretty big chance to try and get back into the game Toronto's Pierre Ingval got into it with LA Sean Dersey and ended up hitting Dersey in the back of the neck with his stick Ingval was given a game misconduct he's also having a hearing with the Department of Player Safety today and the Kings got a five-minute major power play unfortunately the Kings could not score with five minutes of power play time despite their improved power play um, the Kings, well, they actually did score, but the uh, goal was challenged for offside. After review, it did show that Gabe Velarde was in the zone before the puck, and so the goal was taken off the board. Reigning NL MVP Austin Matthews scored the only goal of the third period, and the Maple Leafs skated off with a convincing 5 nothing victory, and Justin Bieber and his My Little Pony jacket went home happy. Uh, the Kings fall to 14-11-4 on the season, Still third place in the Pacific Division, just two points up on Edmonton. Jonathan Quick allowed all five goals on 41 shots. Maple Leafs improved to 8-0-3 in their last 11 games. They're 17-5-6 overall. Mitch Marner had one of those Leafs goals in the second period to extend his point streak to 21 games in a row, which extends his own franchise record. And Toronto goalie Elias Samsonov gets the shutout. Stopping all 29 L.A. shots. So we're going to get more into this game and uh, what we thought about that 5 nothing defeat at the hands of the Maple Leafs. But before we do that, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer. My wife very excited that Croatia beat Brazil today at the World Cup. She, Her family is from Croatia. Um, also, you can uh, get it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Uh, it's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the, the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's get into this Kings loss in Toronto. The Leafs are one of the top teams in the NHL and are playing as well as any team in the NHL right now. The Kings are not one of the top teams in the NHL, and they are not playing all that great right now. Add it all together, and you get a lopsided loss. I'm not giving the Kings a pass, but those are the circumstances, and the Kings right now, um, let's just say I wasn't surprised by the outcome in this one. Disappointed, sure, but not surprised. I'm going to get more into the Kings record against the best and worst teams in the NHL. You might find it interesting, Um, but I do obviously first want to focus on last night's game. And I want to get into that incident in the second period that led to the Leafs getting the lead and maybe, or maybe not opened up the floodgates for them. I mentioned it earlier, but there was a hit at center ice by Toronto's Zach Austin Reese on LA's Arthur Kalia. I thought it was a borderline hit. Um, I don't have a big problem with no penalty being called. Um, you know, it was into the head area. Um, I don't think it was, you know, intentionally dirty. I don't think he was going after Kaliev for any reason. Um, but it was one of those hits you don't like to see if you're a king. And you can understand why Matt Roy and Blake Lazat both kind of went after Austin Reese um, Roy gave him a little bit of a shove and then Lazat came in with a little slash and, and got into his face a bit. And then Austin Reeves dropped the gloves and Lazat had to do so as well. And they got into a brief fight. No real big punches were landed. Um, should be pointed out that Austin Reese is 6'1", 205 and uh, he decided to drop the gloves against uh, Blake Lazat, who is 5'9", and 170 uh, instead of going with Matt Roy, who's also 6'1", and 205, but that's beside the point. Um, I did not like the fact that Lazat was called for the slash. I think the refs need to be more aware of the circumstances after a hit like that, and just even it up with both players getting five minutes for fighting. Um, the slash was minor on the hands. It was a scoreless game under the circumstances. I don't agree with that slashing call, um, but the Leafs did score on the power play, and that started the three shots on three, or excuse me, the three goals on three straight shots. And it would be easy to say, you know, hey Blake, it's a tie game. Leafs have been in control of the game. Might not want to give them a power play in that situation. But I say no. uh, There's no way for us to prove that if Lazat doesn't step in and stick up for his teammate, that the Leafs are are still not going to win that game. Uh, So you can't prove that 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 power play goal kind of you know got the ball rolling. Although you know circumstantial evidence would would seem to say maybe that was the case. But even if that is the case, let's just say that what Blake Lisotte did, did spark the Leafs by giving them that power play, and then they got the offensive rolling, and and then they scored the three goals on three shots, ended up scoring four goals in that period. I'm still okay with what Blake Lisotte did. Small picture, it may have hurt the Kings for one game. Big picture, uh, to not step up uh, for your teammate and to not have their back sends a bad message. You got to respond when you feel like one of your teammates gets taken advantage of. And props to Blake Lizotte, the smallest player on the Kings, for doing what needed to be done in that situation. I, I think if you skate away and don't do anything, um, again, that sends a bad message. You got to stick up for your teammates. So again, small picture. Maybe it did hurt the Kings. Maybe it was just happened to be the first goal. Uh, but in the end, you got to do it. Um, so uh, I, I wish it would have been somebody other than Blake Lizotte. <laughs> you know, but he did what he had to do. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that was the right response, regardless of, of what the outcome was And that. The worst thing would have been to just skate away and, you know, have somebody put a, a borderline hit on one of your teammates and you just don't do anything. We don't want, it, we don't want that to be what the Kings uh, are about and what they do. So um, I talked a lot about the Kings ever improving power play, um, but I was disappointed when the Kings had a chance to use that power play to possibly get back in the game against the Leafs or at least make things more interesting or at least spoil the shutout. Um, but the Kings, with five full minutes of power play time, were not able to get one into the net. Um, and I am thrilled overall with the Kings' improvement on the power play so far this season. But I'm still waiting for that big power play goal that either wins a game or sparks a rally or, you know, does something to help turn a game around. Um, I just think maybe I'm being greedy a little bit here, but I, I, I think the the power play needs to be a momentum changer. Um, And I'd like to see the Kings power play be more of a weapon, so to speak. Is it helping them win games? Sure. Um, It's certainly helping the offense, but I, I don't know. It's it, like when I watched the Colorado avalanche last season on their way to the Stanley cup, their power play was, it was something you feared, um, you know, as, as an opponent and, and, you know, for the Kings, I'm not sure it's that at this point, it's better, it's improving, it's helping, but I, I think, You want the other team to almost uh, play less aggressive because they are so fearful of having you go with the man advantage. I don't think the Kings are there at that point. And again, while the Kings power play is better, um, I would like to see it be more effective or more of a bigger role in games in key moments like last night that, you know, I, I don't know you know if it was realistic to say they, they could have used that 5 minute power play to win the game but at least to get back in the game at least like i said to make things interesting they had an opportunity and uh, they let that get away and that was disappointing the penalty kill was a little better um those they had two big power play kills in the opening period when i thought that toronto could have opened the game open in that opening period and really kind of got things going um the kings have had a tough time clearing pucks when they have possession on a penalty kill, and I thought they did a much better job of that last night, uh, getting rid of the puck in their own zone when they had chances to do so. As for Jonathan Quick and net, I thought he played pretty damn well in that opening period when he was under siege, uh, turning aside 15 shots, um, and he was okay in the third period. But that second period obviously was a rough one, giving up the four goals. Uh, the first goal was on a power play where the defenseman put a nice shot on that. He kind of it was kind of a pull and drag where he changed the angle of the shot. Um, second goal was on a two-on-one. Third goal, Sean Walker got beat to the puck at the blue line, and William Nylander skated in on a mini breakaway. And the fourth goal was a Mitch Marner slap shot. Uh, in my opinion, two of those goals you could say were more on Quick, and two of those goals I think you could say were more on his teammates and his defense. So the second period was a mix of what we've seen a lot this year: Uh, bad defense mixed with some off goaltending. I also thought that Todd McClellan might pull Jonathan Quick after that fourth goal. Um, to give him some rest for the rest of the road trip and for his next start. As again, the Kings have back-to-back games coming up this weekend, but he decided to let him go and quick played the entire game. I also mentioned on Thursday show that we should keep an eye on Sean Dursey. Uh, He's a Toronto native and he was playing his first NHL game in his hometown. Uh, he had plenty of friends and family in attendance. We saw several shots uh, on the TV broadcast of his parents and I also forgot to mention that he was once a Maple Leaf prospect who came over to the Kings in the Jake Muzzin trade along with Carl Grunstrom and a first-round pick that ended up being Tobias Bjornfoot. It's been a great deal for the Kings, not so great for the Maple Leafs as Muzzin seems like he is constantly hurt and he's hurt again right now. Um, but who would have thought that Sean Dursey, uh, in most of the third period would be booed by the fans in Toronto every time he touched the puck? I mentioned it earlier, but he got into it with the Leafs' Pierre ingvall Ingval uh, ended up again slashing Dersey in the back of the neck with his stick. He got ejected, and that led to that five-minute major power play. And again, ingval has got a hearing later today with the league, so it looks like he's going to get at least fined and, and maybe suspended for that. Um, but but the crowd turned on Dersey at that point. Um, now, he ended up with no points in just over 20 minutes of ice time, but I'm guessing a game that Sean Dersey will never forget. Uh, I'm also guessing that this could have been the first time in his career that he was booed every time he touched the puck. Um, I'm guessing he'll look back on it in amusement uh, one day, but again, uh, Sean Dersey, an interesting game, the Toronto native back uh, in that building where he grew up a Leafs fan in his hometown there. Uh, I, I'm guessing he never thought going into that game that he would be booed every time he touched the puck uh, in the third period, But uh, but that was the case. Uh, so I was also curious to see how do the Kings play against the top teams in the NHL, like the Maple Leafs so far this season. And if you look at the current standings, uh, the top 10 teams, as far as points in the NHL, the Kings this season against those teams are two and nine, uh, their two wins came over the Maple Leafs in an earlier matchup in LA and against the Tampa Bay lightning as at home as well. And so it got me thinking, I wonder how are the Kings against the bottom 10 teams in the NHL and the bottom 10 teams as it stands right now, as far as points, the Kings are undefeated 6-0-2. Well, undefeated in regulation, 6-0-2. Um, and I know that's not a very scientific, you know, little uh, research project, but uh, I think it's fair to say uh, the Kings beat the teams they're supposed to and uh, kind of lose to the teams that uh, cl- seem to be better than them, uh, at least in the standings. And we'll see if that continues on this road trip. Uh, the Kings do have one more game. On this trip against a top 10 team, it is the team at the very top right now, the Boston Bruins. uh, And they've got two games against two of those bottom 10 teams in the Buffalo Sabres and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So um, I I guess that makes a little bit of sense. The Kings are sort of in the middle of the pack, I guess above the middle of the pack a bit as far as the overall standings. I believe they're 12th in the NHL. Uh, But again, they have played some extra games. But uh, it's kind of, uh, I think, another little bit of evidence that shows that the Kings are pretty much a middle-of-the-pack team at this point. Um, they're not in the top 10. They're not in the bottom 10. They're in that that kind of middle area so far. At least that's just another, like I said, a little piece of evidence that kind of shows what the Kings have been so far this year, as, we've, as, we, as we know, inconsistent, up and down, good and bad. Uh, and it continues. Uh, up next for the Kings, uh, I mentioned it earlier, back-to-back games this weekend. A game on Saturday and a game on Sunday. We're going to give you a little bit of a preview on that in just a second. First, I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports Today, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local insights with experts from Locked On that only we can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Kings are playing back-to-back games this weekend. They will take on the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday and then face the Columbus Blue Jackets. On Sunday, the Canadians, if you haven't been following the NHL, a bit of a surprise uh, this season. While not in a playoff spot at the moment, Montreal is in the wildcard hunt in the East, and that's not bad for a team that is admittedly in a rebuild. Uh, The Habs have a couple of young stars that they're hoping can help them now and in the future. Uh, So look out for Cole Caulfield and their new captain, Nick Suzuki. Uh, Columbus, on the other hand, has the worst record in the Eastern Conference and have been hit hard by injuries so far this season. They had one of the bigger splashes in the offseason, signing free agent Johnny Gaudreau away from the Calgary Flames, and he has not helped them turn things around as they would uh, have hoped, um, at least not so far this season. Um, Expect to see Phoenix Copley in net for the LA Kings in one of those games, Um, and this is the first time the Kings have played back-to-back games since back-to-back losses to the Canucks and the Kraken on November the 18th and the 19th. So a big couple of back-to-back games for the Kings. Frankly, a couple of winnable games for the Kings as they look to kind of uh, kickstart the second half of this road trip with a couple of big wins over the weekend. And as I said, we'll be interested to see uh, Phoenix Copley back in net for one of those games. Not sure which one that he will start, but uh, expect to see him in one of those games. Uh, Coming up on Monday's show, obviously, we're going to recap both those games from over the weekend for the Kings. Uh, We'll also update you on Cal Peterson and tell you about any games he plays in the AHL over the weekend and let you know if Kings rookie Brant Clark gets selected for Team Canada and the World Junior Championships that should be finalized uh, at some point on Monday. So we'll keep an eye out for that news. As well. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about this show, you can always send me an email. The email address is locked on eddie at gmail.com, e-d-d-i-e locked on eddie at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at locked on LA kings and also on Instagram at locked on LA Kings as well. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lock On Locked on Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories of sports. Go beyond the scoreboard, beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. That is Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching Locked On LA Kings. Have a great weekend. Looking forward to a couple of games over the weekend for the LA Kings. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.